You're listening to Pantry Raid, the advice column podcast where you tell me what odds and ends you have in your kitchen, and I tell you what I would make with them. This week, we'll be talking about everyone's favorite misnamed vegetable, spaghetti squash, which is really nothing like spaghetti except for the shape of its strands. We'll talk about what to do with it and equally as important, what not to do with it. At this point in time, I have been playing the Pantry Raid game on my Instagram for five weeks now, I think. And the vegetable that comes up over and over and over again is spaghetti squash, uh, which no doubt came to prominence through Whole30, Paleo, and Keto. Keto? I don't really care what it's called because I'm not going to do it. But right off the bat, there are several things we need to acknowledge about spaghetti squash. First of all, uh, especially compared to other winter squashes, it has very little flavor and Oh my God, you guys, I almost just said the M-O-I-S-T-U-R-E word. I am not going to trigger you on this podcast. It has very little flavor and a very high liquid content, and that is a huge problem. Usually the way you get flavor into things that are not flavorful is through caramelization, which if you have ever tried to caramelize spaghetti squash at home, you know that's like grasping at straws. That was a spaghetti squash joke. I hope you liked it. The number one way I see people trying to get flavor into spaghetti squash is by treating it like spaghetti, which I get, like it's called spaghetti squash, uh, but tossing it with pasta sauce is really not, in my opinion, the right thing to do. And that brings us to our first ever installment of Don't Buy This. Don't buy vegetables to use in the place of noodles in pasta dishes. Every single shape of pasta was developed to have a certain texture on the surface that holds sauce in a way that a vegetable is really never going to be able to do. As soon as you put a salted sauce on a vegetable, whether it is cooked or not, the sauce is going to start drawing liquid out of the vegetable and dilute the flavor of your entire dish. Specifically with something like spaghetti squash, Uh, Because the strains are so close together, you're going to have a really hard time even getting the sauce distributed evenly, and it's going to turn into kind of a sloshy mess. Don't get me wrong. I think there is totally a place for zoodles and spiralized vegetables and everything like that in our cooking canon. I just think it's more as salads and fresh, vibrant dishes, not warm pasta. So, if you cannot use it as spaghetti and you can't get it to caramelize on its own, what do you do with spaghetti squash? Two answers. One, you can layer it in with other things that are very flavorful. Or two, you can mix it with things that will caramelize. Since we're just becoming friends and you probably don't understand what a lazy cook I am yet, I'll tell you what I like to do with it, which is roast it whole, scoop it out, Put it in a shallow-ish layer on a big platter, douse it in brown butter, top it with flaky salt. Maybe if I'm trying to be a little fancy, I'll also top it with an herb salad like parsley and mint tossed with olive oil and lemon juice and really big, beautiful shards of Parmesan cheese. What's really important about what I just said is words like salt, Parmesan cheese, and lemon juice. 
The main characteristic of spaghetti squash is an extremely subtle sweetness that you want to coax out when you serve it. And the way to do that is to pair it up against things it contrasts with, things that are salty, sour, or funky. Someone wrote into me recently and said, I have spaghetti squash and all the cheese, which is great. All the cheese is certainly my lifestyle of choice, and making grilled cheese for dinner is kind of a habit for me. I put all kinds of stuff in them, including spaghetti squash, which can make a grilled cheese feel both lighter and more hearty. What I like to do is put a layer of cooked spaghetti squash, give it a little extra salt, shredded cheese, and then on the inside of the bread, I do Dijon mustard, which is your salty, sour, funky element. And I fry the whole thing in either roasted garlic or roasted shallot oil. And you can get the recipe for exactly how to make that by signing up for my newsletter at the bottom of my website, hmmessenger.com. On a similar note, if you don't have all the cheese and that is not your lifestyle of choice, spaghetti squash is a good base for a tartine, just an open-faced sandwich. You want to get the bread pretty uh, toasty or smoky if you have a grill so that it's crunchy against the softness of the squash and top it with something like olive chimichurri or chopped bacon and green onions or my favorite, gremolata. As for the second approach, mixing spaghetti squash with something that will caramelize, go into it with the mindset of making a fritter or a latka. So you'll bake off the spaghetti squash, cut it open, let it cool a little bit, scoop it out into a clean kitchen towel, and squeeze some of the liquid out of it. Oh my God, I just heard myself say that and I had another amazing idea. This is how my brain works. I think about cooking 24-7 and it never stops to the point where I don't sleep at night. But okay, listen, I think... What you could do is just that, and then you could use spaghetti squash as a layer in lasagna in place of ricotta, and probably use a meat sauce that has sausage in it, something salty and strong, so it would be like lasagna noodle, spaghetti squash, meat sauce, mozzarella, repeat, repeat, repeat. Can you guys tell I have raging ADD? (laughs) Okay, but fritters, fritters. Once you have your cooked and squeezed squash, you need four things to make fritters. An egg, probably just one per squash, a tablespoon or so of cornstarch, maybe arrowroot starch or rice flour that will help everything get crispy in the pan, another starch to bind everything together, breadcrumbs, cornmeal, ground-up oatmeal, whatever you have on hand, there is no right or wrong in frittering. The fourth and final thing you need is flavorings. And once again, that's whatever you have on hand. I usually use herbs and shallots. You're going to get so sick of hearing me say that, but it's what I like and it's what I always have. I'm not sorry about that, but I will give you another example. Say you're using cornmeal as your binding starch. It would be really tasty to mix in chilies and adobo, crumbled queso fresco, and chopped green onions. And then you'd fry them off and maybe top them with like sliced avocado and a squeeze of lime. At this point in time, it's day two of recording this podcast, and yesterday I made 60 different recordings to get to where you are right now, so I just wanted to thank you for bearing with me through my first episode. After I stopped recording last night, I went to bed and, of course, didn't really sleep, and I stayed up all night thinking about the heart of Pantry Raid and also, of course, fritters. 
I started Pantry Raid the Game as a way to help people make more food and less waste. And very few dishes exemplify that more than fritters. They're so extremely versatile and you can also top them with all kinds of things that use up what you already have on hand. One of my favorite Pantry Raid submissions I've gotten yet included the list of ingredients, red onion, apple, yogurt, and smoked salmon. And that's what I had on my mind last night. How incredibly good would it be to mix leftover mashed potatoes with cooked spaghetti squash and pan fry that into little fritters? Or side note, you can totally bread it and deep fry it to make a Spanish croquetta and then top it with yogurt, smoked salmon, thinly sliced apples, and quick pickled red onions. It would be like an everything bagel, like the onions and the salmon, meat, a latka, the potatoes, and the apple, and the dairy, meats, delicious bar food with secret hidden vegetables that are good for you. And oh my gosh, you guys, what if you put Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning on top? Cooking is so exciting. So many endless possibilities. We'll be exploring more possibilities next week when we talk about miso with my friend Jess Benefield of 210 Jack and Green Pheasant here in Nashville. And as always, I'll be answering your specific questions about what to cook every Monday on my Instagram, HM Messenger, when we play Pantry Raid. Thank you again for listening to the first episode of Pantry Raid. It was written by me, Hannah Messenger, and produced by my new friend, Tony Gonzalez. The music is the royalty-free variety from the internet because we don't have a sponsor yet. But just for the record, we would like one.